Red lips and mic drops Thick hips and lip gloss I'm talking issues and our thoughts The world's unfair so let's talk Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Lips and Mic Drops podcast. This is our first episode and it's so appropriate because it's New Year's Day. It's 2021 officially and I'm super pumped to be around all these awesome powerhouse women. Um, This podcast is going to be about anything that you want it to be about pretty much. We're going to be talking about hot topics and I'm going to go around the group first and introduce everyone. By the way, my name's Kat. I'm the um, founder and owner of Katsy Lou Beauty, and I also am a one-on-one business coach. So that's enough about me. I want to get into the girls here. So Bria, let's start off with you since you're over to my left. Can you introduce yourself for us, my love? Thank you for having me. My name is Bria. I'm a financial freedom strategist and a trauma-informed coach. So basically, I help people to strategize their finances when, and I mainly work with coaches, And we look at their finances after the fact of trading their time for money and figure out a strategy so that they become financially independent, as well as we work through the traumas that are underlining that are preventing them from moving forward in their finances. So it's a little bit different than just going to a financial advisor. It's like a financial advisor meets like psychologist that was never fully went to school. (laughs) It just naturally. I don't know how else to explain that. No, I love it. Thank you, my love. Um, Faith, we have Faith here today. By the way, not everybody's here, but we have several, most of us are here. So Faith, take it away. Let us know what you do. Hey, I am Faith and I build cell phones for six and seven figure entrepreneurs um, that are ready to break through their glass ceiling currently and strive and reach that next level with their funnels. That's awesome. awesome. I mean, (laughs) Faith was in my program the other day and was probably like, this is so because I'm not a funnel strategist. <laughs> so I no. talk about it, we go through it, but I was like, oh my God, Faith is here and knows all of this. So that's awesome. No, no, no. So the biggest thing is, is when people are building their funnels, is it's, it's actually pretty impressive that you build your own funnels and I love it because to me, that's just a data point. So when you yeah. can move from one data point to the next data point in your funnel, that's, that's when you actually see the changes happening. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Faith. Yeah. Um, Lori? How are you, Lori? I'm great. (laughs) My name is Lori. I am an online business manager and I specialize in helping coaches and course creators launch their programs in a way that's aligned with them. Um, Not a lot of people want to do the big live launches and, and, you know, the big webinars and all of that. So I work with people in what feels good for them. That's awesome. I'm all about that too, Lori. I'm glad you do that because it's like not a one size fits all thing at all. It's not. No, not at all. Awesome. Lori. Thanks love. Um, Natalie, how are you guys? (laughs) I'm Natalie. I am a makeup artist. Um, I live in Boston, but I travel around the world doing makeup and I specialize in, um, helping women learn how to become confident by teaching them how to enhance their natural beauty through the art of makeup and how promoting how you feel from the inside to the outside all kind of goes with each other. So You know, I'm about that life. I feel like also I'm Andy Cohen right now on The Real Housewives. Like, Natalie, how are you today? (laughs) Michelle, how's it going, Michelle? (laughs) Thanks, Natalie. Yeah. Um, we love to have you here. Michelle, how are you, love? I am great. So I'm 
Michelle. I'm a psychologist, but I'm also a mindset coach that helps women uncover the trauma that they've experienced in life and how it's like peeping its ugly head in your business and help them recover from that trauma and boom their business. That's so, and we were talking, Michelle was saying earlier, um, was about women and owning yourself as a woman and being able to not doing it, I guess, unapologetically, right? Because I think in the past, obviously we have through generations felt like we've had to apologize for being strong. And I saw somebody's post today and it was a, a new year's post, very fitting. And they were saying, um, like, I'm not going to apologize anymore for being a strong woman. Like this is my time. I've always had this, like people have always said I'm too much, right? Like you're too emotional or you're too this, or you're too that. And I don't know, like, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I, I always, I've gotten that a lot in my life. Like you're mm -hmm. too, especially the too emotional. I find that I was experiencing that for a long time. And now I don't recognize when people are doing that to me because I've move past it, I guess. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. But I find I have a 13 year old daughter and I find, you know, when she is emotional about something, I have to stop myself from saying to her, you don't need to cry about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find is happening now to me is as I'm parenting her, all of those things that I learned so early on, I have to take that step back and go, oh my God, don't say this to her because it, you know, in 20 years, she's going to be dealing with the same things I was dealing with years ago. Right. Like it just, that, that to me is where I'm really, I not, I'm not going to say struggling with it, but I recognize it happening more so than with me because I've gotten the yes, you're too emotional piece, but then I don't, it doesn't bother me yeah. anymore. Like it used right. to. Because they, they dealt with that growing up. So that's what I mean by like the generational thing, but we I don't know. Allowed how, to show I get, emotions. Emotions yes. supposed to be yeah. kept hidden. Yeah. You're supposed yes. to go through everything so stoically. You can't like, I mean, you were called tempestuous or whatever it was, the term of the day. And nobody, they didn't want to deal with it because they didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Wasn't it that they, they couldn't, they just didn't want to, it was an inconvenience. And so I think that a lot of people when they have these emotional outbursts, like it's just, everyone has emotions. Everyone gets pissed. Everyone is happy. Everyone is angry. Like we have to have some way to get these emotions out. Otherwise they bubble up and they cause like health issues and all these other things that we take on. And then it's just, oh, it's disgusting. It needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's just generational limiting beliefs that are passed down from each generation. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in a house right now with three generations of women. One is 90, almost 100 years old. And um, they just weren't given the tools. You know, mental health was yeah. shamed, right? Yeah, Michelle knows this. It was shamed. Um, the gen that's the generation that, oh, you have to be you know, you have to be stoic, you mental mm -hmm. health is a shameful thing. And so they never had the tools to learn. So if they couldn't 
do it on their own. And then we took it on in our generation. It's up to us to kind of stop that cycle of how it continues, you know, yeah, for I mean, generations for my, for so long, my mom would say, Oh, that's there. You know, there are a bunch of quacks. Keith's mother says, Oh, there are a bunch, you know, like yeah. not now, but for a long time that was said. And like, yeah. I was having this conversation with Natalie, but the only time my, my relationship with my mother healed. And you said this, you called this out is when I started going to therapy. Yeah. Then she started healing Healing herself. herself. It was so fascinating. It was something I've never seen before in my entire life. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you're healing karmic, like karmic generational, you know, bonds that happen. And so when you start to change, they don't even realize they're changing too, you know? And I I see that here in a house with my, Bob still lives with my mother. And then I'm here now and you can see like, because I did so much work, you can see the difference. And, and again, nothing's ever going to be like, you know, perfect, but yeah. um, you can see the difference in how interactions happen now. And so, um, you know, it's, it stinks to be the person to always have to do the work, but they just didn't, I mean, so many generations just didn't know, like Michelle will tell you, she's a psychologist, like so many people, she probably gets people that come in there to talk to her that are like, oh, I, I don't even know why I'm in therapy because they, you know, they still feel bad. I mean, my, my yeah. boyfriend's ex-military. You think like, like, look at that. We, we send these guys off to war and then we bring them back and we don't give them any help and we make them feel bad about it. You know? Absolutely. So, Cause I was in the service too. And I deployed yeah. overseas. Yep. And same thing. Same they thing. send us back and with no resources or anything. Nope. Right. Right. And that you feel bad to even um, reach out to the VA for anything. Right. Right. And you're dealing with, yeah, you're dealing with PTSD. You're dealing with all kinds of things that happen. You saw things, you did things, and there's no tool to mentally, because you're supposed to be strong and stoic and all that. Right. But even in mental health, that the way that for women, especially mental health has always been a stigmatized thing because we go back to like Freud and he's great in his own sense, but not towards women because we were coined that we were hysterical. That's where the emotions come from because we have a uterus and that we can't run the world because we can't control our damn uterus. And so the whole thing, that's how women kind of have over time that we've just believed we need to be stronger so that we can compete or be on the same wavelength as men. And then until probably like the sixties or seventies, men could actually drop their wives off at a mental institution because she wasn't listening to him (laughs) and she couldn't actually like check herself out. Her husband would have to check her out. So women we've always kind of dealt with mental health and we just kind of keep it under wraps and be strong because who the hell wants to go to the mental hospital because their husband <laughs> a dick. that's awful that's awful yeah. I that, like happened happened. that happened to me that's yeah this actually happened to me my ex-husband I don't oh. want to talk any crap on him but he put me in a situation where I had to stay home with the kids. I had to dress a certain way. Uh, We were from a really nice area of town, Newtown, Pennsylvania. It was just super nice. And like, you kind of just had to look a certain way and everything. And so he wanted to come home to a clean house, like everything perfect. And if it wasn't, then there would be repercussions. 
And so it got to a point where it got so violent that at one point he got me to literally swallow every pill in the house and then called an ambulance. And I was in a mental institution. And with, I think it was like the third day they were like, I finally started talking and they were like, this is the worst abuse we've heard. But at the end of the day, they had to give me to him because he had isolated me so much. That's the option I had. That's what Michelle classic narcissistic abuse, like gaslighting her. Absolutely. Making you feel like you have the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's awful. Typically though, in abusive relationships, once you get out of that relationship, you understand everything that's happened in that relationship. And instead of moving the needle more towards the middle, you go to the opposite end. And now you're not going to accept anything, which he humanly possibly can't be that person either. (laughs) So you got to kind of move the needle to the middle. Like what are the big deal breakers versus, you know, him gaslighting is normal for a lot of people. We learn it in our lives. We are all manipulators. Mm -hmm. We've learned to get our needs met through manipulation, but it doesn't have to be like manipulation out of malice or that you want to hurt someone, but we've all learned how to, you know, lie to get an extra cookie or Mm -hmm. things like that where we're all manipulators. That's just the way the world works. And so, but how do I handle those situations? Because I get triggered when that happens. I get, I go right back into like, I I still get, and I'm being honest, I still get triggered. Like I go right back into the past and I think like, I feel like that person is speaking to me again. So how do you maintain not, I wasn't flipping out or anything like that. It was more of just like a very stern approach to saying, Hey, listen, I'm not okay with this. I know what this is. And his response is always, Oh, I hate that word gaslighting. <laughs> well, and it's like, it is a word that a lot of people are like, that's what is that? That's so yeah. like fake and not real. And I'm like, no, but it actually really is real. So right. how do we handle our reactions to that? If we've like, we know, and are aware of it now. Well, don't you have to, you have to heal that. And then when you realize it's a trigger, instead of reacting, you can respond. Yeah. Right. Like, so like, and I've had to do so much work on this myself. So like, you know, you're reacting to it. Like, you know, it's a trigger Mm -hmm. for you, right? We all have triggers. I have triggers every other day of of my life. I had a trigger this morning, right? And Nick's (laughs) like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) But, but then it's like, you know, that it's triggering you. So instead of Mm -hmm. like, and of course, we all have reacted. I'm guilty of it. Stupidly reacted to things. But if we recognize it, then the next time it happens, we can say, okay, that's a trigger. Take a step back and then yeah, learn to respond way. to it as opposed to like, you're gaslighting me, you're a narcissist. That's We're so done. For me. See you later. <laughs> it's so hard for me because I know, and I talk about responding and not reacting because my therapist has talked to me so much about it. And I, I always have said like, that is something that's very hard for me to do like, but you have to learn how to respond as opposed to react. Um, therapists can tell you to do that, but it's like, how the hell do I do that? Like, what does that even look like? Right. Um, and you, it's really formulary that you take your thoughts to court. I tell all my clients this because you really can relate to court 
especially if you've ever been in court for people. I don't know who has been. That's I another been, topic. Not as as a as a reporter. So no. <laughs> no but what does the judge want to hear? The judge wants to hear facts. Yeah. If you go in and with your emotion and say, I think this is happening, the judge doesn't mm-hmm. care about what you think. The judge wants to know where are the facts. And yes. so when you have this reaction you can really pull out the emotions by knowing what are the facts and that you then can change your reaction to a response because you can't go into court with how you feel. You have to go into court with what you know. And so that's how you could kind of change those traumatic responses that you have. Um, And it takes time for you to do those things because the first hundred times you're probably going to fail you might have one good one and then you're going to fail again because that's just what we do as humans is we're super good at failure yesterday I had an incident where I had to communicate something that was super uncomfortable to my partner and I remember when I finally communicated it it had been hours after the incident so I was making up all these stories in my head what it could have been and then when I finally asked him I said hey why is it that you did this thing And he answered and he answered really nicely. But the thing was, is that his response was even better after that. He said, he's like, listen, I'm a man. He goes, I am solution oriented. So if you want something done differently, you just tell me how you want it done. You don't have to make up all these stories in your brain and literally torture yourself forever. Just trust that I'm a good human and we'll just work on it together. So I realized too for us women to really, you know, coexist with our man, we have to understand how men receive mm-hmm. information as well. So that I is the way that you ask that too. Like she, my therapist has always said that to me, ask, you know, because Keith has been with me, like in the office, we've sat together for a few sessions and not enough, but, um, she has said, you know, instead of saying, you know, oh, I hate that you're acting this way or being very like accusatory or being very um, aggressive. Just ask, why do you feel that Mm -hmm. way? Or why, you know, what made you think that? Or what made you say that, you know, instead of like making it like the stories, that's exactly what she was telling because Keith and I both had this problem for a long time where he would go, I know you're upset. I already know. I already know you're upset just based on the way I already know. I already know. And my, my therapist is like, instead of saying, I know you're upset, say, are you upset right now? Ask, ask the question. Yeah. And it makes people, that's why you had such a healthy reaction, Bria, because you asked the question so gently. Mm-hmm. And that's well, very, I, very wise. That's learned, the hardest part is the gently asking. I know. <laughs> are you mad at me? <laughs> You're mad at me. I know it, bitch. <laughs> You're tell me now. Oh your brain starts making any assumption, whether it's about Mm -hmm. somebody else or about yourself or a justification, it's your subconscious mind trying to keep you looped in your trauma. So if you can identify and and practice at that level of awareness that this is what's occurring, it's a bit easier to remove the emotion and then work Mm -hmm. in, in from the logical perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Mm I had to work on that a lot. The asking of questions because both of us did like, she was like, there, I'm sitting here <laughs> with two people who are making up stories. Like that aren't really <laughs> there. She's like, you're living in different realities. Like this, this isn't what reality is. Well, at least we don't know that. So instead of accusing, 
explore instead and ask questions. And that's so, it's such a hard art to, I don't even know what to call it, Michelle, but I'm looking at Michelle because Michelle is like, <laughs> Michelle's <laughs> diagnosing. Michelle probably thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> Michelle is definitely diagnosing. <laughs> that's why I'm not invited to family events. Everyone thinks oh, I either read their mind or I'm diagnosing them. And I'm like, if you're not paying me, I ain't doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off the clock, oh. honey. Michelle, I'm off the clock. Yes. Are you, is everybody here? Does everybody here have spiritual gifts? I'm just curious. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I yes, like, you yeah. do. Oh yes, you do. Yes, you yeah. do. Really? Okay. I heard you say, read my mind. And I'm like, well, I'm a natural born psychic. Hi. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, Bria. <laughs> oh my God. Probably yeah, is too, huh? I'm, no, I'm, I'm very in tune with um, the other side so yes. like, yeah yeah like very like very yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I uh, when did that happen for you guys Bria when did you start like because I know you were talking to me about this and Natalie was uh, <laughs> when did that start for you that's amazing I, actually I have a crazy story it started from being like birth mm-hmm. I had what's called face blindness what they like they say is called face blindness but I literally could only see energies the first like probably seven years of my life wow. so I couldn't people's faces at all I could just see like these energy fizzy Mm -hmm. things with colors in it and that was it Mm -hmm. um if you try to ask me and it still happens to this day so if you try to ask me about somebody's like how they look when they walk away I couldn't tell you if I tried um but my family thought I was mentally insane even after I was able to speak to my dead grandparents about things that I would never know about and predict things like I predicted my mother would get pregnant and then she got an abortion and lied about it. So then she told me my gifts weren't real. So I put them yeah. on like trees. And then I went through like all of the, the paralysis and all that that you go through because when you are that psychic and that gifted and you start to believe that you, your gifts aren't real, you think that you're crazy. Yeah. So then crazy spiritual stuff, like, you know, demonic weird stuff starts happening around you. So I lived in fear for like half my life, but yeah, that's when it started for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Yep. And that I was- could go get my mom downstairs. She'll tell you when I was little, I used to freak them out. So that's oh when I start. Yeah. Yeah. How I old were to- you? Do you remember? Uh, my first, my earliest childhood memory was, was my godfather. Um, I was two and a half, almost three. He was dying in the hospital of pancreatic cancer. And he, my mom used to take me every day to see him. And he would pull me up on his lap. We watched Sesame Street together. And I like told her that when I was older. And she was like, how do you know that? You were so young. Like, that's my first childhood memory. But then I like would play with him in my, like he gave me this like dollhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And I would play with that dollhouse and I would be playing with him and tell my mom I was playing with him. Oh. <laughs> so, so I don't actually remember like the playing, but, um, but then I just, my, just kind of my whole life. I've always been, you know, people think I'm weird. Like I have people that shame me for it or tell me like how, how I, people, when people do that to you, they're afraid of that stuff themselves. Mm-hmm. Bria will tell you, and Michelle will tell you, being a psychologist, you would, anytime somebody wants you to play small, it's because of their own fear within themselves. And so Absolutely. for the longest time, you know, I thought being an empath and feeling other people's feelings and then seeing, you know, things that, that I was wrong and I wasn't lovable or I shouldn't be who I am, um, that, 
you know, I still have people in my life that don't support me, right? And I don't mean they're in my life in the way they used to be, but I know like where to put them now in my life, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and so, you know, talk, I mean, I have a girlfriend and her and I talk every day about, you know, she's like, do you see anything like around me? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm psychic like Bria because I never tapped into that. But there are moments where I like, Ken, I've told you things and then it happens. You're like, how'd you know? I'm like, I'm psychic. <laughs> I, yes, she has. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly. It's not, it's not that I, it's, yeah, it's not for, Bria probably sees it. I just kind of feel it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I just feel it. And then usually I'm pretty right. Like a friend of mine just had a baby. I told her she was having a girl and she was hell bent. She was having a boy and she had a girl. And she's like, how did you know? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of felt it. Like it, I, I don't know how to explain yes. that. That's it's not like, a, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah. It's not like I, Bria's psychic in the way you see, you vision, right? You see the yeah. visions. I don't, I, that's not me, but I'm very connected with spirits. And, you know, I see things all the time that I don't realize other people don't see. And so, but I, I never wanted to be a medium. Like I never wanted to um, I think my mom suppressed that for me too, which I'm not upset about. Like I, I that was not the route I wanted to go. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, there's nothing against them. I just, I, it wasn't my thing, but so I don't talk to spirits or, or anything like of that nature, but um, I don't know. I just feel things all the time. So. I feel like that's so overwhelming too. Like, do you guys ever feel like, Oh my, I mean, I know you probably do so drained. Like my medium, she literally has to leave after every session to go on a walk for like an hour because it's just so mm. like draining. It's exhausting. Yeah. You were talking about the seeing part. Um, I used to do, I did a few criminal investigations. So missing people reports, things like that. I have various gifts. So I have clear audience, clear sentient. Um, I can see yeah. all of that feel, taste, wow. smell. Yeah. Um, I literally go into a full on trance. And whenever I went through those, I had to be trained by another medium before I even went in because what I would do is I would talk to the spirit that was murdered. And because I was seeing it from their perspective, it wasn't, um, I wasn't observing the whole thing. So I was missing, you know, key elements. So I would literally have to do what's like, basically, I forget what it's called, but you go into a visual of it. So you're on the outside of it looking in and you have to see everything that goes on and you're trying to key into where's the evidence? What did they leave? What did they look like? What did the car look like? Like literally everything. So when I got out of that, it took me about a week after the last case, I didn't go on Facebook, nothing. I was like, I am taking a bath every five seconds. I am getting to my therapist. I like it was game over for me for a week. Yeah. 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 Wow. Faith, you have the best name ever. Faith, just looking at your name on Facebook makes me feel better. I'm like, oh, I just I, I know I feel good when I see it. I'm like, that's perfect. Faith just like cleanse us every time. <laughs> my maiden name was Faith Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. Oh my God. Then my first husband was his last name was Ruby, so I was Faith Ruby, and now my husband, my current husband, is Faith Faith. I love, it. I love it. Did you guys notice too that myself, Lori, and Faith are just enamored by the spiritual? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the spirit world. I think it's just and I, such a human cool. divine think, reading. Yes, and I think oh, it's wow. so important to incorporate into like the business stuff too. One hundred percent, because oh in Michelle, God. obviously, you and Bria, and I mean even Natalie too. I'm sure you get this too with clients, but like 
because there's so many emotions <laughs> like the bridal parties and all of that. Um, I get all the emotion. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I, I see people talk about it so much and I just, there's this thing with like the business world too, where I think we don't like talk about it enough. We, we don't because 90% of the time with my clients or students, even they'll be like, you have all of these blocks come up and it's like, I just had one the other day how do I know that I'm good enough? Like my student actually came out and asked me that privately. And I was like, oh my God, this happens. So it's so much more often than all the other stuff. It really yeah, is. Sure. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm over here. Like, girl, you are a badass. <laughs> and that's probably not the right approach, <laughs> but they are. And I'm, it happens all the time, every day. What though, what is happening? And I would love to speak on this. It's kind of a different topic, but shaming in the coaching industry, it's very, um, you know, it's very minute. You, you almost can't see it, but the other day I posted something and I don't know who this person is. So I'm kind of calling them out. I'm kind of not, because you can literally look at the post, but I said something like, um, what if I fail? What is your response? Like, so in quotes, what is your response? And this girl goes, I don't even think like that. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, and she's the coach. And I said, you don't think like that. Like you don't have moments when you're leveling up because there's always going to be a moment to level up in this reality that every time I, every time I level up, I, you know, I have a moment where I have just this ounce of fear. It's like, what if I yep. fail? What if I can't do it? Right. And it's yeah. just such a human thing. And I think that people in the coaching industry are really dehumanizing by playing this perfectionist game and they're low mm-hmm. shaming people. That's why that keeps occurring. That's so absolutely that is I always because I talk to my clients all the time about well listen this is not going to just happen now like you're not just going to get through this part and then be like oh everything's great because in a few years or so or whenever that happens for you when you take the next step hope maybe it's less than a few years or less than a year you're going to feel that same emotion again you're going to feel a little bit fearful of what's happening. And then you might stop yourself. So I want you to be prepared for that. That's a very realistic thing, Bria, that you just said. Michelle could probably tell us from a psychological standpoint, the word fear became a negative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Where that's not really, fear isn't really negative. It's just something making you aware of something else that you need that you need to like bring to the surface for yourself, but everyone, you know, we see, and I do it. I'm, I'm, you know, I put quotations up on my Instagram to empower women and make you feel better. And the whole law of attraction, if you think it, it will happen. And how you think is the energy you'll attract and all that. But people forgot to say like, but it is still okay if you think if you do have a fear, because then once you know you have a fear, you can bring that to the surface. And then like Bria saying, your ascension goes further. Your leveling up goes further mm-hmm. when you can say, okay, I'm terrified of this. And I know it's my subconscious talking or my limiting beliefs. And now I have to get down to it. But because everyone made fear such a negative word, people are afraid to be like, oh, I'm afraid to do something. Right. And then, then the coaching world, which I'm not in, but your coaching world is like, if they, if, if you're afraid, you know, it's, you're, you're not thinking the right way and then you're attracting the wrong energy and then blah, 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 right. blah. And then your yeah. ascension's not happening. You're not leveling up and then you're stuck, <laughs> you know, it's, but like, it's because they're actually stuck and can't walk you yes. through that. Right. Right. Fear right. is a primal instinct. We all have it. Right. And it was passed down through generation after generation. And it's a part of our brain that keeps us basically safe and um, for our ancestors to not get eaten in the woods, 
right. none of us are fucking getting eaten in the woods anymore <laughs> so we don't really need it but we've also put that negative connotation on right. fear but it is it, it can be a really helpful resource to be afraid of something yeah um yeah. you know what but we're taught off. that it should be a bad thing and that you're right in the coaching world it's kind of like this perfectionism yeah I trip over the sidewalk how perfect am I gonna be right like, well it's not just the coaching world because I'm in a different world and we now have perfection perfectionism of YouTube oh. famous and Instagram famous wow. face tuned makeup yeah. artists where yeah. you literally don't have like any pores. pores on your face which is not reality um you know and you don't have so it's this level of perfectionism that social media, mm -hmm. I believe, kind of brought into the world. And then mm -hmm. when somebody, I mean, look at look at what they do. I mean, I work with some of those people. Like, look what they do to celebrities if they if the paparazzi finds one without makeup on one day. Like, oh, they, oh, they destroy. I love them. those pictures. I love seeing that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, pops, take it, yeah. take those pics. I love seeing that because I'm like, oh, thank God. Make some like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone is human, but we got we got out of that whole mm -hmm. mindset in the world yeah. that people are human and they're allowed. I mean, let's be honest. I have I'm the behind the scenes girl. I do not like being on camera. Ask Kat. This is this is the most terrifying thing for me to do. I'm, so I'm sitting here playing with my hair. You, Michelle, yeah. could diagnose me with like that's my anxiety coming through, <laughs> right? Like, like Natalie, I'm very, very self-aware, but like you know, but I I hate the camera and I'm doing it, so I would never pretend that like I'm not afraid of that. But that, but mm -hmm. then it makes me say, okay, I'm afraid of this. Why am I afraid of this? Okay, those are my limiting beliefs. That's my low self-worth and self-esteem issues coming back into play that I've had from other things and trauma and all that. And then now I know like I can do it and then I make myself do it. But if I sat here just like, oh yeah, this is great. We, I'm, I'm perfect. Like I have no fear at all. I'd be lying. So I don't understand why people yeah. are lying about like the, that they have fear you know it's it's a normal human emotion so yeah well, I just I just want to say that 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 I got a candle this Christmas and it fits in perfectly with you getting on camera even though you don't because it's it's a it's a candle that says bitches get shit done and I lit that just That's for awesome. this podcast oh, yeah where can, exactly. I, where can I buy that I know. Yeah, right. uh, on Amazon. I don't know. I oh, perfect. love it. Yeah, it's great. I have to say this. First of all, so proud of you, Miss Natalie. But, oh, um, you know, I've had 10 years of being on camera. I was a news yeah. reporter. I worked on QVC. It never, I still tug at my shirt. I still play with my hair. Yeah. I'm like, who's watching me? It's <laughs> always happens. It all, yeah. all my live videos, go back yeah. and watch some, entertain yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My hair it's ridiculous and maybe that's part of do you think is this everyone I don't want to limit this to women but does this happen more often with women than it does men is that a silly question I think so because men can be ugly and be on camera yeah right yeah. they could be fat and be on camera they could be <laughs> whatever and be on camera and women we can't we have to have the perfect hair, the perfect makeup, the perfect outfit, mm -hmm. or that's other so women are judging us. Yeah. Yes. Men, uh, that's the word. They can have the little dad bod 
and no one's batting two <laughs> eyelashes at it. They're freaking raised up to the roof because of that, you know. Yeah, women, you guys, but- I have to tell you how healthy TikTok is. Okay, I'm. I don't know if it's these. <laughs> I Michelle. I love it. These kids, uh, this younger generation, some are, yes, we get it. Like your toxic teenage years. I get it. But like the things that I'm seeing from these kids on TikTok is freaking phenomenal. This girl, Mm -hmm. they're posting about these girls are posting their weight gain from Mm -hmm. January, 2020 to now. Like they're like, here's me in January, 2020. Oh, look how much weight I gain. And their stomachs out. And they're like, this is me. I just have to, this is what it is. Like, this is just a Mm -hmm. fact. And these girls will comment, like you went from being a queen to being a queen. And like, they're just so like supportive of that. Not that like, you know, not that being unhealthy is okay, but they're saying pretty much like this is, it's so transparent and it's so real. And I'm like, I have never seen this ever before on social media, like ever from a female. And it won't happen on Facebook for sure. No, oh, no. it'll probably be taken down or like flagged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg's flagging everyone promoting Too real of content. Sucks, <laughs> sucks. Well, yes, yeah. I come from you know, hi, I'm in an industry where I literally make those people look perfect, right? Yeah. Like they have to look perfect, and I think you know, what people don't realize is like, and even me getting on camera, it's like in my head, I'm like, oh, someone's going to see this that works with me. They're going to be like, oh, her hair doesn't look that good. Or her face is off, or it's going to be, I hate to say it. It's going to be someone still in my life that probably shouldn't be in my life, but maybe they're just in my life at arm's length, but they're going to see it. And they're going to love the fact that like, I don't look perfect because that Mm -hmm. makes them feel better about their shortcomings. Right. Mm. And right. We all know those people and we all have them. We all have them. They don't have to be in our life, but you know, like where they are, they're still checking up on you or whatever. People that want to see you fail. Or they want to yeah. see, oh, yes. you know, I remember I had a friend that I went through a hormone imbalance a few years ago and I didn't look like I always do because of it because my hormones were out of whack. And I had a friend like telling people like the most horrific, a friend, right? The, like she would say to people, oh, like Nally doesn't look that good anymore and blah, 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 blah. Like I, it, it's, that's what women, no man has ever said that to me. Mm-mm. isn't that funny it's like no man no, yeah. and, and I've been through abusive men men that were narcissists but no man man has ever been like oh you don't look as good as you once did or oh you gained some weight or oh you look better now or you know what I mean and I dated Nick five years ago and we're back together now and never once was he like oh you know five years ago you were thinner here what you know like it's not the men that do it it's the women and that's why we yeah. do it to ourselves where is yeah. that coming from? That's coming from somewhere. Like, it's why are women from, so competitive? What is it's coming from? I believe. The generations before us couldn't be themselves. They had to fight. They had to be like the men, and so they would tear the women down so that they could be the centerpiece, which it's not right, but it was a survival technique. I Red lips and mic drops, thick hips and lip gloss. I'm talking issues and our thoughts. The world's unfair, so let's talk.